for your word. Thanks for uh, just uh, the joy that we get to have in you. I thank you for those who, who come out on, on Sunday nights uh, to study your word and to grow and to discuss. And, and Lord, we pray that that's what happens, that we would just not become those who are filled with more knowledge, but those who gain a greater uh, picture and appreciation and love of you, um, and that it actually impacts how we live. And thank you again that you have been so faithful to give us your word, and especially uh, Jesus Christ. So it's in his name we pray. Amen. All right, so let's look at Matthew chapter 9, and we're going to cover a lot uh, right now, and we're going to read verse 9. Matthew 9, beginning in verse 9. As Jesus passed on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me, and he rose and followed him. Okay, so let me ask you a question. This is open for discussion. Uh, Let's not get too far ahead. Just when I first ask you, what does it mean to follow Jesus? What's one of the first things you think of? Uh-huh. That you're going to believe in him. You're going to okay. be a I thought that was your answer, to follow <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> okay, what else? Think of like dropping whatever it is you're doing or whatever it is you believe. So like turning. Like okay. Turning one way and you turn away from that and then go that the, the right way. Uh, okay, so we see that at least in this account, that's, that, that's the initial reaction of, of Matthew here. What else? What else does it mean to follow Jesus? Well, one, one or two sentences. There's no right or wrong answer, by the way. So don't... Well, there could be some wrong answers, but... Your life is changing. Life is changing? Great. Great. Yeah, it's a complete turnaround okay. from what you were doing. Okay. He's out. Yeah. So, so when we hear when we hear follow, um, obviously, I think when we hear the word follow, there's an action, right? You you don't just follow somebody sitting down. I mean, you can if you're following them on social media. I mean, we we follow people, but there's if you're following someone, even today's uh, world on social media, you're actively checking in and seeing, getting notifications when they post something that's not interesting, but because you're a fan and you're following them, you think it's interesting. So. Uh, so let me ask you this: How does one have the ability to respond to the call of Jesus? Yes. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> I was just reading over here in chapter ten that only those the Son responding is as the power of the Holy Spirit, whom the Son is given the authority in the spirit. Okay, so what you're saying is we only have the ability to respond to the call of Jesus because of the gift uh, and the empowering of the Holy Spirit. This is those that the Father has given to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. At least that's what I read. So then the last question before we dive into a few more scriptures here, and I'm setting this up for kind of what we're going to cover for the majority of the evening. Um, who does Jesus call? Sinners. <laughs> Come on, Matt. Give us an answer. Covers everybody. Everyone. everyone. <laughs> oh, good. You're right, though. Does everyone? Yeah, well, sinners, right? Does everyone agree with everyone? Everyone. Okay, good. So we have no Calvinists in here that we have to deal with. So we're good. <laughs> so let's look at Matthew chapter twenty-eight. We're looking at first. What does it mean to follow Jesus? So we're going to take some time. Uh, just looking at this concept, and this is by no means, by the way, we, I, we could spend a good six months on what it means to follow Jesus, and we're not going to do that, uh, just so you know, because I want to continue on. But again, Matthew 28, 19, and 20, most of you are familiar with this, and if you're not, as soon as I start reading it, you go, oh yeah, that's that. <clears throat> so when I say, what does it mean to follow Jesus? This would be one of the first uh, scriptures I would go to. First. There's many, but this would be one of the first. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe or obey all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So again, if I'm going to follow Jesus, um, one of the things I do is I 
make disciples, I learn to obey his commands, I teach others to obey his commands. Okay? Simple as that. So again, um, when we're following somebody, we're patterning our lives, our actions after that somebody. So in order to follow, we must then have someone to lead. Jesus is leading us. That's a good thing. The phrase that is common today, um, and I'm not going to get into, you know, it's your own truth. I'm not going to talk about that. But a phrase that is very common, and especially if, if you have watched Disney productions, is just follow your heart. And I don't think that's the best idea. And um, there, and I think if we talk, if we pause and we consider the many things that maybe you thought you wanted or needed in the past, or, and only to discover that those things were either unnecessary or actually detrimental to you and to others. Um, I, you know, one of the things about social media is, is again, it, it's a money-making monster. And how do we know that? Because I can search for something oh, yeah. just online, and then I go to Facebook, Bleak. and all of a sudden, Ooh. it's giving me advertisements for similar products. And then I click on that product, and next thing you know, I'm clicking on a different product. And before you know it, there are things I never knew I needed that I need all of a sudden. And so it, it is a, um, the heart is, is wishy-washy, the fleshly heart. Let's just call that out. Our flesh, when we, when we say the heart in a believer's context, we're really talking about the heart of the, the flesh that just is like, the the dog and up squirrel right you know we're just oh let's look at this let's look at this shiny thing um and it's really difficult for us um it you know sometimes we'll put things in a shared amazon wish list or something and we'll review it and we're like oh yeah i don't want that anymore <laughs> you're like oh oops okay i don't want that it's like hey do you want this oh no 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 i don't need that anymore so so these are things that we need to do our heart is is, is something we should not uh, necessarily rely upon and so we can't follow our heart steve no, I've got to finish the one I'm on right now. I have about six more chapters left, so I'm 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 eleven into it. So, yeah, a little bit, and I think we see that um, in the divorce rate. <laughs> it was so fun when we were dating. <laughs> But the makeup comes off. Okay. And then Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitfully wicked and beyond cure. Who can know it? And we know that the territory of the heart is God's territory. At the end of Psalm 139, David talks about how he's fearfully and wonderfully made. There's nowhere that he can flee from his spirit. How, how, how great it, the knowledge is too great for me. And at the end, he says, search my heart, O God, and see if there be any wicked way in me. Some translations say, see if there be any anxious thoughts in me. And then lead me in the way everlasting. David understood the heart was God's territory. Um, again, uh, we have uh, even your best day and you think you're doing something with the best motive and the best intention. There is a piece of the flesh that wants to grab some of the glory or some of the credit for it. Uh, so, it, you know, we have to guard against that. Uh, it is, it's not great. So what or who we follow, though, will determine how we live. So let's look at Luke five eleven. Luke 5.11, and when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. Okay, so this was after the great catch in the sea, and they break, their nets are breaking, and they come onto, and because it's Jesus, they follow him. Again, so that determines how they live, right? They, they see it's Jesus, and they walk that way. Leviticus 18.4. Leviticus? Why are we looking at Leviticus? Where's Connie? She loves this book. <coughs> Leviticus 18.4. God's, again, speaking and laying down some law to um, the Israelites. And 18.4 says, You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. Back to the idea that if we're going to follow somebody... We are walking in a direction and changing. So again, God has set down, follow me. Uh, Jesus said, come follow me. Now we know that the disciples, uh, 
for a time did pretty well while while they were with him. But then they had some they had a little misstep, right? When when he was taken to the cross, all of a sudden they're hiding and they're 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 scattered um, for a bit. Now the idea of following is more than just walking or running behind. It also indicates taking on attributes of the one that has followed, right? And adhering to the teachings of that leader. So a good example, I think, is kid with their parents. I've used this example before. One of the cutest things is when you have a little boy and his father, and the father may say puts like one hand in his pocket and, and leans on the wall, and you'll see the son that's like a two-year-old try to put his hand in his pocket and try to mimic him. And it's one of the cutest things, but that's a great example of of how we follow somebody and we learn. As, as, as kids and parents tell you what to do, um, you have a choice, right? To, to follow them and follow their advice or not. Most of the time, hopefully, they're trying to help you. You know, if they tell you be home by 11, you should be home by 11, right? Um, you, you know, for, for various reasons. Some of it's for your protection. Some of it is to honor them. Um, and some of it is because you need to go to bed. <laughs> don't, good things don't happen after 11 if you're out. So you should get home. That's not true. Maybe midnight. No, I'll go with 11. I'm getting old. Um, Unless it's a special service at 11 or 12 o'clock. Yes, you can go to a candlelight service on December 24th at Grace at 11 o'clock. And it ends at midnight. Oh, but then we have service here at 10 a.m. the next day. So that's that is a challenge. That's the challenge. And it's a it's a pretty it's when a pretty it's a pretty it's a pretty uh, subdued service. Yeah, no, you do get communion though, because um, <laughs> only the real we don't have to question anybody's belief if they're at an 11 o'clock service. No, okay, Psalm 81. And again, this will not be an exhaustive study of what it means to follow, but we get some general principles here. Psalm 81, 11 through 13. God's heart towards us, but my people did not listen to my voice. Israel would not submit to me, so I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. Again, that's God's call of how we're to follow him is to walk in his ways. And Jesus has laid out those ways very clearly for us. Now I'm back to the beginning of Matthew when we go through the whole Beatitudes and we realize mm, that's a heart issue and I need Holy Spirit to do that. Um, and so Galatians 5 says stay in step with the Spirit. Um, Galatians 5, that's 25, 16 says, you know, uh, you know, follow the spirit basically and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh and so we need to realize that there is a way for us to and that is God's heart that's why he's provided everything for us John 8 verse 12 so part of the idea of 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 following Jesus is to abide in the spirit and if anybody tells you, well, that's all you got to do, just abide, um, that's a very ambiguous uh, term. Uh, if I were to ask each one of you to write on a piece of paper, what does it mean to abide in the Spirit? You'd be like, uh, well, I think it means this, I think it means that. There's a relationship, though. Now, Jesus prays in John 17 that, that, that they, we would be one as he and the Father are one. And then he says, I and them and they and me. So there's this idea of abiding in the branch that is grafted in so we're connected through the lifeblood of, of the Spirit. Um, and again, when, but the problem when we say just abide in the Spirit, um, we immediately say, what do I have to do to abide in the Spirit? Rather than saying, let me just yield to the Spirit. And Lord, help me yield to the Spirit because I can't and I won't naturally. I, I mean, I don't know about you guys. Maybe you guys just like every morning go, oh, I just want to do whatever the Lord tells me today. Well, you might want that, <laughs> but, but uh, it's hard. So John 8 verse 12. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So now we're kind of seeing a little bit of a picture of what it means to walk. You're walking in the light. You know, Psalm uh, 119 says, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Uh, and so we realize that as we walk, it's illuminated by 
the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're not walking in his ways, we're walking in darkness. And the, and the darkness is utter darkness. Like uh, maybe you've been in that uh, a time where it's been so dark you can't even see your hand in front of your face. I've been in those times. It's, it's, it's unnerving uh, to be in that dark of a place. Um, unless you're like someone who really likes to sleep in the dark, then it's like, I don't care, I'm sleeping. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um, but, but typically, we will always find a little bit of light. Uh, and, and so, but this is like completely without light. Second Peter 2.2. 2. So the light of Christ illuminates our way so we can follow him. Second Peter 2, what's that? Yeah, Peter wore tutus. That's where Desmond got his last name. Okay. Second Peter 2.2. 2. Yeah. And so we see um, a contrast throughout the Bible of those who walk in darkness versus those who walk in the light, those who ignore the Lord, those who walk in the Lord. So Second Peter 2.2, 2, and many will follow their sensuality. And because of them, the way of truth will be blasphemed. So when you're following, right, what we follow will determine how we live. And so if you're following like the world follows, it's to their own destruction. And it's anti-Jesus, anti-Christian. Like we talked about in Bible study this morning, a lot of anti-Christian sentiment out there today. So there's a lot of anti-Christ workings. And again, um, Jesus says, either you're for me or against me. So when we look at it this way, if someone is not pro-Jesus, and I mean, I don't mean like, hey, yeah, he's my homeboy. I'm not talking that way. I'm saying, no, they are, no, we're following Jesus. He's the savior of my life. I've received the forgiveness of sins. That's someone who's with him, right? Abiding in him because he's done that work. And there's those who aren't. And those who aren't, even though they might say, yeah, I'm fine with Jesus, no big deal, but he's not a follower, he's not part of Jesus. Remember, Jesus said uh, a little while ago, depart from me for I never knew you. Because they don't know him. They might know of him. They might know what he did. But they don't know him. And this is the challenge that even Christians have. Is this dividing line. And again I'm always uh, very um, aware of, of being careful not to make it us versus them. But at the core of it. There is a difference between us and the world. Because of who we follow. Right? Steve. I was just saying that so voting for Jesus doesn't count. Well, I vote for Jesus, but there's more to it than that. True. So, I mean, just voting for Jesus is writing him in on the ballot. And I don't know. Okay. Uh, again, this is, this is a heart issue. And, and again, you know, a tree is known by its fruit. And so you can see somebody who, who and what I love about, what I love about Jesus uh, uh, Christ is that he allows those things that... Um, seem good, that seem right, um, to utterly cause failure. So I look at, at religions that are, that are very um, works-oriented. And everyone that I've known that, that will be honest with me, who has been in a works-oriented religion or is currently in one, if they will be honest, they don't have any security and they're, they're not sure that they've done enough. And a lot of them, so I mentioned in Bible study this morning, H.A. Ironside. So the, the tradition that I grew up in um, uh, was part of the holiness tradition that came out of the turn of the 1900s, so the 20th century. Um, so you had uh, Foursquare was a little bit a part of that, Salvation Army, uh, some assemblies, and then Church of God, which was what I was grew up in. And they had this holiness movement to where, uh, so D.S. Warner, who started the Church of God, uh, was a recovering alcoholic, so he made the statement, you know, as a Christian, I shouldn't drink. So he got a bunch of other people along that said, yeah, that's true. So now it became a rule. Well, then Nazarenes came out of that too. Dr- Christians shouldn't drink, or sh- not shouldn't. Christians can't drink. Christians can't dance. Christians can't go to movies. I mean, all these things came out of that. And part of this was the idea is that we need to separate ourselves from the world and live a holy life. Okay, I don't disagree with that. We can do that by our own actions. And the whole plan was that at some point in time, you receive what's called the second blessing from the Holy Spirit, and you no longer willingly sin against God on this side of, the, of heaven. And so H.A. Ironside, who was part of this, and, and his book was actually revolutionary to me um, growing up in that. Uh, I can't remember which book it is. I've read a ton of his stuff, so... Um, 
Yeah, one of the best comment, commentaries on Revelation I've ever read. Anyway, neither here nor there. But he, um, he was in that and he kept finding it. He goes, I thought after like three or four days I was doing well and then I found out I wasn't. And then he goes on to the terror and the horror to realize he was never going to be able to receive the second blessing. Um, and how that led him to change his doctrine and really study the Bible and look at what it means. And so, uh, again, we need to realize that, that I, I really grieve for the people who, even in Christianity, who are involved in that type of philosophy and theology. because it But again, it only leads to failure and despair. And I prayerfully, <laughs> prayerfully, the Holy Spirit is there to say, let me show you the right way. Um, you know, for, for, I think Laura and I would be two people who were involved in that, that eventually realized, hey, guess what? It's really about Jesus and not about us. Um, and so though we, it's not that we don't want to just throw caution to the wind and not care too much, but the, the reality of Jesus working in and through our lives um, causes us to, um, to not focus on our own ability and all focus and to be able to follow Jesus. Um, and I'm not looking to make sure I'm stepping in his footprints exactly right. We're just walking and following him. And so, again, works-oriented religions, because of God's grace, always lead to complete and utter despair and failure. Um, and so, go ahead. Blindness. You know, Jesus spoke in the Gospels about the religious leaders the Pharisees and the Sadducees, how, you know, that, that they needed to become blind to be able to really see. Mm -hmm. And these were the ones who had, I mean, it was given unto them to... Yeah, they didn't do a very good job, though. Well, keep, they preserved it, so they to, did that. Right, to, <laughs> to keep and to, you know... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Um, you know, continue to give forth God's word to God's people, mm -hmm. to the people. And it was them who he himself said needed to be blinded so that they could come to, to really see the truth. Yeah. Because they were being blinded in their... Well, they needed to... <clears throat> and what, that, what Jesus was telling them is they needed to recognize that their blindness because they were searching the scriptures that were pointing to Jesus right. and they were not seeing it. They were missing it. So, right. yeah. So Ephesians chapter 2, <clears throat> verses 1 through 2. And again, this idea of following is an action. It's movement. Um, you're, you're, you know, you look at, um, I was telling Bible study this morning that there's, I was watching the news report on, um, they've reinvented Home Shopping Network and QVC on streaming apps now. Um, and they are hiring, Walmart's done this and some other ones, they're hiring, act, or, you know, um, famous people and influencers on social media to demonstrate products and then have deals on these products. And so, but, but we realize that these people are influenced by others, and so they're following them. And if they have it, then I have to have it. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. Uh, and, and I don't want anyone to, to ad admit or share, but just think about the times that you thought you needed something because somebody else had it. Um, and it might even be, it might even be minimum. <laughs> you, you know, but I mean, often that's, that's why we... That's why we buy stuff often is because, well, I saw someone else had it. Um, and commercials, getting on a sidetrack here, but commercials are all painting a picture of you're missing out if you don't have this. Uh, you know. Um, I don't know. I think if I was one of these movie stars or whatever they're doing this, I'd be looking at the crypto people that are getting sued because they stood up and did all these commercials. Tom Brady and all those yeah. about crypto money. And now they're being sued because if they found out it was a, might be a Ponzi. Because crypto means no, no, is nothing. I mean, how, would anybody, <laughs> how would anybody, I mean, it just boggles my brain. Well, if I told you there's a bunch of people who actually will accept Monopoly money, 
<laughs> your, your point, Sharon. Uh, yeah. Right now, the, the, a lot of them are falling apart, but we just uh, we have a deal over there where the United States government is coming out with its own crypto thing over there. They might be knocking out these other people so that uh, in, uh, financial control. And we're talking about our government. Mm -hmm. It's sad. well, our government has been well, they wanting can, to get us not to use any kind of cash or anything. But well, they can just they can just print more money though. Somebody do. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it just boggles my brain that people. We're that stupid. They, you got it. But we're walking in darkness. So if I can't see, if I can't see, so let's look at Ephesians 2, 1 and 2. And you were dead in your trespasses since, and sins in which you once walked. So walking dead was right here in Paul's time. Following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. You see, we will always follow something or someone. We were made to worship. And I, and I don't think people recognize that clearly enough. That you, you don't have really original thought. That's, that's a horrible thing to say. But you're always influenced and trying. Not that you don't have creative thought. Um, but, you know, we can't, we can't create something like God did. So everything's not original. Let's just call that out. We can have creativity, but God has already created everything. Um, and so we draw from what's already been made. Um, but we will follow someone or something, and sometimes vain philosophy we will, we will follow, or the truth. I mean, that's really, our, what, all these people that we're talking about, crypto people that boggle you, right? There's a philosophy of life that's driving that, Right? Oh, I can get this without having to work for it. I can have the instant gratification of power and money um, without the work that a lot of people have. And so it's just a blinded uh, scheme that they're trying to do. See? So you're telling me I can have my crown I can't have my crown without the cross. Well, someone has to do some work. It's not you. Okay. So I mean, really, we have the best we have the best thing. We, we don't have to work. We can't do enough work. Christ has done it all. So we need to understand too then, because of that, this is the case, everyone's following somebody. We follow the light, which is Christ, and we don't walk in the darkness, um, and because we're not blinded anymore. So who then does Jesus call? And you all answered wonderfully, um, and we'll go to John chapter 3. Verse 16, which you all have memorized for years. John 3.16. Right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we have to pause there and go, so who, who is God ministering to? Who is he talking to? Jesus says God loved the world. Okay, well, you could say, well, just the people at that time. Well, maybe. Okay. It's a bigger, it's a bigger word than just world in the, in the current state. That he gave us that whoever, whoever believes in him, not only those who are called, not only those who are Jewish, not only those. And so just in the most famous scripture of all time that is... I haven't seen it at a football game much, but I haven't watched a lot of football games. But typically, there's someone with a sign in the goalpost that says John 3.16. Right? God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Let's look at John 16, verse 8. So again, who does he call? And he's talking about the Holy Spirit now. And when the Holy Spirit comes or when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So everyone gets convicted because he's calling everyone. You know, if you're not calling somebody and you don't want them to follow him, why convict them of their sin if you're God? I'm going to waste my time with them. You know, they're already lost. We don't believe that. Um, God loved the world, and he did the redemptive work for all. John 1, back to John 1. <clears throat> Verses 12 and 13. But to all 
who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And so we see that if anyone who believes, they, anyone who receives, they are children of God. Titus 3, verse 5. Titus will take us a little longer to get there because it's in here somewhere, right? Oh. Right. I know, but I got it. There we go. Titus 3, verse 5. I'll go to four. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appear, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. So how does someone, you know, then follow? They're called, the Holy Spirit does the work, and now they follow. So we see the calling, the response, and the following are all the work of the Holy Spirit. So those first questions we asked, really, it's all, all answered in, in the brief. I mean, we could have spent a lot of time, but we're going to move on. But the whole idea is that there's a calling and the response and the following is all the work of the Holy Spirit. And so if we, if we get anything out of, of tonight and the time spent is that it's all the work of the Holy Spirit. And that's so that Jesus Christ gets glorified. Because... If we take any of the credit for any of it, then that diminishes the glory that is given to Christ. And so we are in error if we take any of the credit for it. Back to Matthew chapter 9. I think you find eventually that that's a great joy to give all the credit to Jesus. You know? Um, it's funny. It's all about relationship too. So I've shared with you guys before. Um, it's been a while though. Just one of the best bass players I've ever had the pleasure of playing with in, in New Mexico. The guy practiced like mad. He was a, just a good, good player. Uh, really committed to his craft. Um, and, you know, I would about every two to three weeks just thank him because it was just a joy to play. I mean, he wasn't your typical worship bass player. A lot of guys, a lot of work churches wouldn't want because uh, he was good. <laughs> Frank, Frank is still alive, so you can... Yeah, okay, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> and, and so, if you're listening, Frank, uh, miss playing along with you, okay. And, uh, and so I would thank him. And he would go, you know, he would always go into, well, you know, it's, it's God. He's given me the gifting. And, and you know, here I am, the, the, the pastor of worship and music. I, I mean, I hope I know that, <laughs> you know. And so finally, after about the fourth time, I said, you know, Frank, I know all that. And that's why I'm thanking you because you responded to the gifting of God. And so I said, when you're talking to me, um, I know that God gets all the glory. But I'm recognizing that you are allowing that work in your life. And so you can just say thank you and then quietly say thank you, Lord. <laughs> and he goes, oh, okay. Um, you know, because, but again, that's relationship. I appreciate because I knew that if somebody else that he didn't know came up and said something to him, he would be quick to go, you know, it's really not me. It's all the Lord. And so I appreciated that about him. And so again, I think it's one of those things that especially in the, in the Christian context, we are quick to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, uh, because we realize that we would do everything selfishly. Well, maybe, maybe you guys wouldn't. I would do everything selfishly. He tells me he would too, so I'm going to have to believe him on that. Matthew chapter 9, verses... <laughs> That's going to be the name of your book. Okay, uh, verses 10 through 13. And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, he, uh, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when he heard it, he said, those who are well have no need of a, physi of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice, for I came not to call the righteous, but sinners." Laura got ahead of us a little bit when she said about mercy earlier, but that's okay. Now, what's interesting here is we don't see that the, that the disciples go and relate the question to Jesus. They might have, but we also know from previous context and text 
that Jesus knew what they were saying anyway. And I think one of the things we need to understand here is, and I had to be careful as I was reading it because I saw the, the, the tone that I was going, was that they were, that they were like um, accusing him. And not necessarily. I think to some degree they were like, okay, this doesn't seem right. So we need to know why he's doing this. Um, and so, we, again, we need to be careful that we don't always say that all, I, I don't think that all the Pharisees, every time they questioned Jesus, it was to try to trap him. Scripture does tell us when they are trying to trap him. I think some of the other time it's just like, why is he eating with these people? This is different than what we know. Now, it could have led to why they wanted to trap him. It could have been added to, you know, okay, because he started saying some things. Um, that they didn't like. <laughs> and so the questions turned to accusation. Steve? I was going to say, it seems like when we're reading the thing where they're, they're, uh, Jesus reclined at the table with the tax collectors and sinners, I guess the, the, the disciples, everyone seems to be pretty comfortable. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's any, they're eating and, and whatnot, uh, uh, came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And I'm just going to say, it, I was wondering if the, uh, the disciples were might have not identifying the sinners, but felt at least they're common folk. And well, the disciples had, might have had the same question, but they were following Jesus, and so they're like, "We don't know. We're just following him." I mean, there's—I I have to be honest with you. There's times that we do stuff as Christians. I don't know. It's just seeing God's word, so I'm doing it. Right? I mean, you know, and and that's a blessed thing because <laughs> sometimes you know, that's what I love about children. If if they're if they're obeying and they have a trust relationship with their parent, the parent will say, don't do that or go this way. And they'll go, okay. If there's a trust relationship there. Um, it made me think of something that I think would be kind of cool to, to share that after that is um, a couple of weeks ago, Tara's dad. We'll tell you if it's cool or not. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tara's dad was like, you know, asking Tara why she took some paint, some pictures out of her room that they had in that room before, which was like warming Jesus stuff. And, you know, she was like, you know, he's like, what is that not, is it not Luther enough for you? And she, and she told him, actually, I, I just don't feel like they're Christian enough for me. <laughs> you know, kind of being like, okay, well. Um, and then, you know, he was trying to prove a point. Um, to be like, oh yeah, then, you know, he asked, so he asked Erlen, hey Erlen, who's that on that on that picture? And she goes, oh, that's God. It was a picture of Jesus. <laughs> and she goes, oh, that's God. <laughs> so that mean, you know, kind of stopped at his, um, what he was trying to get to, but then he, but then he said, then he said, why do you believe in God? And what she said, <laughs> she goes, because my dad loves God. <laughs> And, 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 you know, I was like, well, that's not the best reason. At that age, it is. When you're older. <laughs> when you're older, right. But right now, like, that's, yeah. I thought that was a really blessing. Yeah. So. yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, that mouth would be. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And they do listen. Somehow they listen to what I'm saying. I don't know how they do it. While they're playing. Oh, yeah. 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 I think they listen better than the adults sometimes. I'm just going to say. Certain Sharon doesn't have a better deal over there dogs i think i've got uh my neighbor <laughs> my, my friend his cat acts better than my dog did and i'm sure all your dogs are obedient <laughs> well she has to deal with mine tomorrow so that'll change everything no, no. i'll give it to him and get some. okay for johan oh i gotta, gets real gotta tell me these things he gets real cranky and he starts crying yeah, whatever Big baby. She is. Mm-hmm. So, so she's gonna try to make it easy. Okay. Prince. I'm sorry. I, I knew that there was something. Okay. I so the religious leaders desired, though, that the Messiah, when he come, would validate their beliefs. And so I think again, the Pharisees are going, "Why does he eat? We're waiting to see. Um, is there something that that he's going to say that'll make us go, oh, okay, this is why, and we're still good? And their works of apparent righteousness." And he kind of, he kind of, Jesus kind of in his response gives them a little, hey, you know, I didn't come for you. <laughs> I came for the sinners. I mean, he doesn't, I mean, he's, he, he, you know, the reality is they're all sinners. They thought they were righteous though. Yeah, I think there are moments where I'm like, man, I wonder if this is sarcasm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so again, um, 
obviously the Pharisees would not see themselves as, I mean, they would know they were sinners because they still need to do, but they wouldn't identify as sinners like the drunkards and the prostitutes and those who were the gluttons, right? And so, but Jesus hung out with them. He liked those people. And I kind of find that, you know, most of us, I think you'll find, I don't like hanging out with people who are, you know, yeah, and acting holier than thou. I mean, I love listening to stories of people who are just common folk and lived life. And you're like, uh, man, I want to hear your story. Also, you know, it's one of the things that I like about the tattoo culture is you get stories. You know, if you, if you see someone with a tattoo, man, there's a story behind every tattoo. And, and it's, it's funny sometimes. And you just see a lot of times stupidity, but that's a whole different thing. Can you end up on uh, the TV program of the worst tattoo and they have to do something with it? Oh, there's a couple of those. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Bad Ink is one, and what's the other one? Anyway, so they've, like there's this one, they go up and walk up at people on the Las Vegas Strip, and they find guys, people with bad tattoos, like, hey, tell us a story, can we fix it for you? <laughs> And the stories are, well, usually there's not sobriety involved. So, um, uh, But I think that we have the same tendency. We want Jesus to validate what we are doing or what we're thinking. Uh, and we want God to acknowledge our good works um, and that which gains us favor, right? And I always think of this. Whenever I think of good works um, for us, I look at Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6. And I think many of you are familiar with this. If not, you're going to become more familiar with it. And if you've heard it before, you're going to hear it again because we need to hear things repeated. But Isaiah 64, verse 6, Isaiah says, We have all become like one who was unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We, will all, we all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities like the wind take us away. Now, the Pharisees would have been familiar with the scripture and they would have been included in, in this indictment as an Israel, Israelite. But this idea of our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. Um, the, the translators have been really good of cleaning this up for us. Um, that what, it really, what it really literally translates is, is our righteous deeds are like a, a dirty uh, menstrual rag. Okay. And so it was great. I got to, I got to teach this scripture one time to teenagers, um, and um, I didn't get kicked out. But um, but the whole idea, it, 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 and just think about this. And I'm going to be a little bit gross for a second, but take a dirty, you know, uh, feminine hygiene product and 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 lift it up to the Lord. And say, look what I did, Lord. I mean, that's really what He's saying. Um, and so if you read Isaiah and some of the other prophets, they did not mince words. They were pretty graphic in how they described things. We have uh, made it a little more, you know, palatable. But the reality is, is we need to realize that, that righteous deeds that we are doing to try to earn favor to God are just like filthy rags. And that we're saying, look at what I did, Lord. Yes. What's worse over there? It says... It says, why does uh, your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? I'm wondering if you're, if you're if, I mean, eating with it, that is true. Tax, tax collectors were below sinners. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, man. I yeah. mean, the tax collectors, well, I mean, the Pharisees are looking, these guys are thieves. And, uh, right. And you need to realize is that, that um, Matthew, this is Matthew right afterwards. And it's important that we recognize this is that Matthew recognizes the disdain they would have for Matthew being a Jew who is working as a, as a Roman citizen, uh, not a citizen, but a Roman tax collector. And so Rome would, would say, here's your, your province. Um, these are the taxes we require. Anything you could collect extra is yours to pocket. I mean, that's how they made money. And so if they were able to, to tax heavier and then give to the Roman government what was theirs... And then they would keep. And so most tax collectors um, were, if they were Roman, one thing. Okay, yeah, okay, Roman tax collector. This was a Jew who was taxing his own people for the Roman government and making money and profit off of them. And most of them lived very well. We see Zacchaeus as one who was one who lived very, very well. And he says, I got to give everything back um, and more. So, um, yeah, they weren't favored on Galatians 2. And so, go ahead, sorry. Well, and I'm just, I'm sorry, I was going to get on to a little soapbox. Well, but... we're going to end at Galatians 2 here, so. Okay. Um, 
So then go, go ahead and I no, will bring no, that back No, no, no. Okay. So, you know, being a woman, if I were to look at this verse... Which one? That we were just oh, in. Oh, filthy rags? 64, 6, I would be a little offended that it's just women's oh, no, we, 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 polluted we, garments here. Well, they might and in the sense up. that, okay, why not like we're a, too. a garment that you would use to wipe your butt with? Because <laughs> then it covers all of us, right? <laughs> but then I'm thinking, well, maybe that had to do, Jesus speaking this and God speaking this had to do, well, Jesus is God speaking this, had to Erlen do. says so. And I believe her. Um, had to do with the fact that men looked down upon women. Not obviously Jesus, but so is there some connection there as to why why of all things that would be polluted? It was the most be, common thing that made people unclean. So it would have resonated in that society that that, I mean, women even still would go outside and be away from men for seven days okay, during this time. there was also leprosy. Leprosy was something that was unclean. Sure, but, well, but. So why not use a, you know, like a leprous, and I don't know. Because just, the, what, what, does a, what does a leper have that looks like a work? So he's saying you're presenting a, a righteous work that you say, look what I've done. And, and it's like a, a, a menstrual rag. Right, so why not, like, poop? Because <laughs> we all do it. Well, but, but I you think... I, if there's a work to be done, we no, all work. But, but, he has a solid but, <laughs> no, okay, no, pun, solid. no pun okay, intended. Yes, we can move okay, on. I know. Women were not equal to men. Right, and so that's why... And and that's, so, so that's the main thing, is if you go, that's the lowest common thing. So, and, so, that, and just think yeah. of this, though. Social plane, but But even yeah. look at it as, a, as, as even beyond that. Okay, if, if I'm not a woman, how do I get a used menstrual cloth? I got to go find it. Right? I don't ever deal with it. I got to go find it. I think that makes it worse for the man. Okay. Listen, so. Sorry. It's, gonna, <laughs> it's, just my, it's my mind. I'm like. Don't worry about it. We, we, we could come up with some guys. Uh, we're, not, we're not exempt. Because I, well, and I live in a world where I have, you know, we live in a world, but as a woman, who women will use the fact that we've been downplayed for so long. That, that that can be an offense Not anymore. to the gospel you guys rule the world. in using this. Mm. And so it just, I'm curious as to if, I there's, think a, I, if there's more to... I, I think it would be... And, what and was it, that purpose? I think it would be hard to, to take that. Um, I think the analogy is very clear. To everyone to go, mm, that's our righteous deeds are not are not good. I don't. I don't think. I. I think it would be hard for them because it doesn't. It doesn't pick on. It's taking an example of everyday issues that that are dealt with. Um, that is to Sharon's point in that time for sure. You know that are that is that is. Un, I mean, well, other than you know, it is the it is through. Menstruation, we call it, that the cycle of life yeah. comes. And so, men is in the middle of that word. So I mean, there I, you I, go. It was just, it, it, I'm sorry. It was just my brain. No, and, that's fine. And why it, I latched onto it, it just, it, it's, there's something there in that as mm, to. I don't, why I, I wouldn't say it was more than it's just I, gross. I'm sure that there's <laughs> yeah, I think something else too is that, you know, again, it's like he was going for like a gross image, right? It's like, What's the purpose of using this? What what message is he trying to get across? Something else, you know, between that and like wiping your bum, like especially back then, like it was really really difficult to keep to 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 keep clean to keep up with. Um, you know, every time you wiped after using the number two or going number two, it was like easy to to you know just. Dispose of and well, clean. and there were specific spots that you went yeah. to for that, as opposed to a women's menstrual cycle. 
that was something that anything that they sat on mm -hmm. became unclean. Absolutely. Anything. So, yeah, a big issue. so I could, okay. And, and again, that issue of life coming mm -hmm. through. Well, there, yeah. There's something okay. there. Anyway. I'm glad you saw Let's that. move on. <laughs> you know, when I was young, I said, I have a list of things I'm going to ask God what this actually meant. There's a list. There's a mm -hmm. There we go. Yep. Just write that down. <laughs> and when we see his face, we will ask him if there was a real meaning to that. A different And he's like, meaning. yeah, your, your, your works are like filthy rags. <laughs> 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 That's what it looks like when all of you are trying to present stuff to me, male and female alike. It's like, as, a, as the dudes, I'm like, where did you get that? <laughs> it's like, man, what are you doing, man? Okay. That's all right. So Galatians 2, 15 and 16. We'll end here. Because I don't want to end there. So... Uh, <laughs> We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Now back in Matthew, Jesus said, I didn't come for you who are doing the works of the law. Because why? They believed they were justified by the works of the law. And they weren't ready, by the way, to hear that, you know what, you guys are lost. Um, and we're still early in, in the ministry of Jesus here. He's building a reputation. He's making them think a little bit. What does he mean by that? He came not for the righteous. To some degree, I have a feeling they're like, oh, okay, we're good then. I mean, I think that they would have thought potentially, oh, we're fine then, because he, he's calling us righteous. He wasn't. But I think in, in their selfishness, they might have thought that for a moment. I'm glad we don't do that today. No, I mean, we're, we know how busted we are all the time. So um, we'll pick it up um, here next week. We're continuing to look at um, works versus justification by faith. Um, again, a theme we should continually revisit every day often and be reminded that Christ has done all the work even when we have a message like this morning where we're saying okay who are you supposed to bring to the door who are you supposed to bring to Jesus that doesn't earn you favor with God that doesn't make you righteous with God that is just the response to what God has already done and now by the Holy Spirit and the power moving in and through your life that's how we respond and he's leading us to that work and that action so father thank you again for your goodness, thanks that Holy Spirit, you're with us. <laughs> and uh, Lord, I do thank you that the pressure is not on us, as we see that the Pharisees put so much pressure not only on themselves but on on all the the Israelites, and and though and it was just a burden that not even they could carry. And so, Lord, I thank you that you have carried the burden for us, and uh, thank you that you involve us in in your work. And Lord, thank you that you have um, removed our our filthiness, Lord, so that we can serve you with, with uh, things that glorify you. And so, Lord, thank you again. Um, we can't really thank you enough. And even the word thank you, Lord, uh, even though we say it, uh, the phrase over and over again, it still uh, is not enough. And so with our lives, Lord, we follow and walk in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen.